Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. So to answer your initial question, like, how did my relationship with God change? I think it was like, just like wiped. It was, it was wiped clean of whatever shoddy structure was there before. And it was like built correctly from the ground up, you know, and I started to have like an actual relationship with God, not just like, uh, dear Heavenly Father, please bless. Good day. Amen. You know, like it was like, like a real, like I felt like, you know, like it was like the first time, like I could feel like he's there. Welcome back to the Hereby Called podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. And today we've got Jared Buchanan with us. And Zach. And Zach. <laughs> Zach. Yeah. I've been all, I've been pretty busy and kind of hit and miss on the last couple episodes, but I'm back. I'm here. Yeah, we're blessed. So a little info about Jared. Jared is the husband of Zoe who served in Norway. She was episode eight. She was our first sister. She missionary. was. And um, I've known Jared since second grade. Long time. <laughs> A long time. Some good times. Some crazy times. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Jared, let's let's get started. What was the official name of the mission you served in? So it was uh Harare, Zimbabwe is what I got called to. And um, when I opened it, I said Harare. Harare. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so So how long did it how long did it did you how long did you tell everybody you got called the Herrera Zimbabwe before you got corrected? Oh, oh up until I left. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, until I got to the mission. Pretty They're much. like, oh, yeah, yeah nice. no one knows. <laughs> right. Yeah, no one knows, man. So, yeah, take us to that moment. You're probably, what, in your living room, surrounded mm-hmm. by everyone, mm-hmm. and you're opening your mission call, this paper that you waited for for months, and you read incorrectly Herrera pronouncing Zimbabwe. Herrera's, yeah, I couldn't even get it out. I was like, I was like, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah, what were your thoughts? Yeah, like, oh. did you even know where Zimbabwe was? Um, I for like like the very initial first thought I was like I was like South America because that's what I expected it to be. Um, because like all my all my friends had gotten called to South America, so yeah. I was just like, oh, it's gonna be Makes South America. And then I was like, wait, that's not South America. But at the same time, I was like, that I don't even know how to pronounce this. Like, um, I <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was, it was it was pretty chaotic and like you know it was like my family and like some friends and stuff were there and they were like, they were like, what, what, what did you say? And I was like, I, I don't, I don't, you made, you <laughs> made up a country. That's not real. Yeah. <laughs> and was it, it was, was it English speaking? It was. Okay. English okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's unique. Mm-hmm. At least I would think it. Yeah. I'm looking up all, I'm pulling up all these facts about Zimbabwe right now. Yeah. <laughs> so like backing up, why, why did you decide to serve a mission? I, um, that's a good question. I think for, For me, it was like a lot of like, like my friends were going and my parents had like, they weren't like forcing me to go or anything, but they were kind of like, you know, like talking about it and like, you know, helping me make those decisions to get ready to go and stuff. And it was kind of like, like a passive decision, I guess is how you, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, and then I just eventually kind of went because, <laughs> because that's just like what you do. And that's, I know it's, it's kind of lackluster but that's kind of like what happened is i was just kind of did it you know there you go everyone has a different as long as you get out there i you know oh, or no. have a desire to, to serve you, you know it's, it, called. I, th- I also think it's because i was kind of the same way um i don't know i just as long as you're like the group is moving and like your group of friends is yeah. going in the right direction it's like 
yeah, okay, I know this is good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long <laughs> so, as they're not jumping off cliffs, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. you know, but it's yeah. so I always, I always find that interesting that people are always like, well, my friends went and my cousins went and my brothers went, so I figured I better go too. And it's like, hey, like, at least you're getting there, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of how I felt too, because I was like, because I think I tried to like make something up. Like, <laughs> I was like, I, I like went on my mission and they're like, why are you here? And I was like, oh, I just really love the gospel and I have this super strong and it's like that was like, totally really, me it's not true that was totally me yeah it's like an 18 year old I didn't know anything yeah you know? I was just like oh I guess I'm gonna go and, and I'm super glad it did by the way like For I'm, sure. I'm yeah. glad that's what happened because I, I guess if I would have had like a like a negative view of it like I just probably wouldn't have gone but it just you know yeah. happened to me that I did so so did you are you did you have any brothers or your dad that served uh, my, so I have a younger brother. Uh, my dad did not serve. Uh-huh. Um, but he always told me that that, like, that was something that he wished he had done. And he was super supportive of, of me going, both my parents were, they were both like, and, and not to the point of like, like they expected it. Like they were like, like, Hey, you're going to go and you're going to yeah. like it. You know, it was like, <laughs> it was like, they it supported just, you either way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. so it was really cool. But, uh, but it was something my dad talked about a lot and how he wished he had gone and stuff. So that, that was actually one of the big factors too. So you've got this mission call and you're going to Zimbabwe. What was, what was your biggest concern going into the mission? I, so, so they said it was English speaking and I knew I was like, it's not, there's, it's not, there's English. no way they speak English. Yeah, like there's no way, you know? So like that was, that was a big concern. Cause I was like, cause I also knew that cause I was going to the MTC. Right. And, it was English speaking. So I was like, I'm not even going to learn like any language at all. Like I'm not, I'm just going to, okay. All right. <laughs> so like, that was a big concern. I was all, like, I looked up stuff too. So, and I kind of like, which was good. Cause I psyched myself out a lot and then it ended up being a lot better than it was. But like the, just like living conditions and things like that were like kind of scary. Uh-huh. You know, just you're talking pre actually going, what you had looked yeah. up was pretty scary. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just like, you know, and they show you, you they're going to show you an extreme. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the same thing with Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh. And it's <laughs> yeah. like murder capital of the <laughs> Southern hemisphere. I was like, Oh yeah. geez, here I go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's awesome. So you go to Zimbabwe. What was it like just arriving in Africa? And like, can you help us? I know this Dude. is maybe a dumb question, but like where on Africa is Zimbabwe? I don't even know. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so South Africa, the country is the lowest, is the most Southern country. It's the tip of Africa on the bottom, right above it. it so Zimbabwe and South Africa share like a, like a really small border on the map. Um, so it's just, it's just North of it's South Africa. Just North of it, but it's, it's kind of like middle of Africa. I'm looking it's at like, it on the map. It's right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. You get in the plane and you go, from the U.S. to Africa mm-hmm. to Zimbabwe, what was that like? So first of all, I was supposed to go to the South African MTC, and that didn't happen because I had visa problem. So I actually went to the Provo MTC, um, and then we had to go from Salt Lake to Atlanta to Johannesburg, which is in South Africa, and then to um, Harare. So that flight was terrible um, because, like, I oh my gosh, I remember my my. Um, you said that flight. There's like five flights right there. Yeah, I, was okay. it the one from? <laughs> The, the one from Atlanta to Johannesburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the worst one. But it was like, it was something like 20 hours, I think. Oh my goodness. So that's why it was bad, just because it was long. Well, it was, okay. So there was that. And then also like my, um, what is it? I guess it's your branch president in the MTC that they call it or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my branch president, for whatever reason, he sat like all, I mean, like he sat each of us down like before we left and he like, 
I don't know why, but he like looked me in the eye and he was like, if you watch movies on the plane, <laughs> you won't have the spirit with you. And yeah. I was like, okay, I won't do that. <laughs> so like the entire time I'm like, and like, I wasn't planning on it anyway, but like, it was just like the whole time I was like, okay, I can't like do anything. So, but, um, I was like in the middle seat and like the people on either side of me are like watching movies. So it was uh, like, I was like, I can't, yeah, it's a 20 hour flight. Like, look, you know, yeah, it like, makes sense. <laughs> but I was, it was anyway. So, so, so we landed at night in Johannesburg, but it, but it was a night. So you couldn't really see anything either. So we, so we got on our flight to Zimbabwe and we landed something about like 1130 at night or something like that. Just exhausting. Oh yeah. It was, it was wild. And you know, I didn't sleep on the plane or anything. You're in like a suit and super uncomfortable anyway. Anyway, so we, we land, um, one of the, one of the other missionaries was like, Oh, take off your name tag, take off your name tag. And I'm like, Oh, like what? And he's like, they told us to, because they might think like you're some kind of authority and then they like, you have like a problem like getting in and all stuff. I was like, Oh, weird. Okay. So like, so we, so we got in and like everything was like fine. And our mission president was waiting for us and we, we got in the van. Um, and because we were late from our group that uh, the rest of our group went to Johannesburg and they had already done like the orientation and like met with the president. The group that didn't have visa issues. Right. Gotcha. So, so us three, they took, they took us in the van and they took us straight to our areas. And like, that was, that was like my first, like, like, I don't know, eye-opening experience of like Zimbabwe. It was, it was so crazy. Cause like you're in the city and it's like, it's like mostly modern, you know, for the most part, like it's only like in the day that you can start seeing details that are kind of like crazy, but like we're driving back and it's, there's no streetlights in Zimbabwe. It's, it's all dark and it's all like rural roads and stuff and um the way that they handle a lot of things like like trash and stuff or like just like like weeds bushes they just burn it so we're driving through these townships and it looks like everything's on fire and it's like it's like it's like 11 30 12 o'clock at night and it's just like there are fires everywhere and i'm like what is going on this country is on fire like like and, and like no one's concerned you know we're all just driving through and i'm just like do you think it's a war like, zone? Am I on crazy yeah. pills? <laughs> yeah, seriously, no. though, it, it literally looked like a war zone. It was wild. And then, like, we actually got in, and then that was like just driving to the township. We get into the township, and there's still people walking around, um, you know, like, like, like people drinking and just like drunk, like stumbling through the streets, and everything's on fire, and there's just piles of trash on fire, and we're just driving down the road, and there's like a billion potholes and everything, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I like, I like. I'm not like afraid for my life, but I feel like I should be. Yeah. It's it's so funny hearing these. (laughs) So, so the burning thing, that was a nightly occurrence. That was a very common thing. Uh, Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I I think it's the same for a lot of um, like third world countries like that is just don't have a trash system. So I was just like, what do you do? You burn it. So, so what were, what were some of the other cultural differences that you experienced in Zimbabwe? Um, so, so the, the, where I started was with the area was called Mabuku and, um, there were three town or three townships. Yeah. That we, that we went to, one was Mabuku, Tafata, and then Arcturus. Um, and in all of those areas, so in all those three areas, there's, there's like no white people, right? It's just, it's all just, it's all just like black people. And, and for our listeners that can't see Jared's beautiful blue eyes, <laughs> Jared is like six foot plus 
He's a tall he's guy. Six two, yeah, something like that. He's pale skin. Pale as pale as they come. Pale as they come. And man. he's got fiery red hair. Red hair. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. How was that? Uh, I don't. I'm not super like I don't like the, the spotlight. I don't like all the time. You know, like I'm I'm a pretty like introverted person for the most part. Uh-huh. Um. So that first day. Like that we had got there at night, we woke up the next morning and we like, just like my, my trainer just like, we're, we're going, you know, so we're, we're outside and I'm just like, what? <laughs> looking around and stuff. And we're like riding bikes and I'm, and all these kids are like whiplash in there. Oh yeah. You know? And like, just like, whoa, whoa. just like, just freaking out and, <laughs> and i'm like ah oh, yeah man i don't know I, like there's hair on you and it's on fire <laughs> did you make the like the the town newspaper or something like everybody come look quick oh, this is like huge crowd here. following yeah. behind you uh, yeah it was it was crazy because my, my uh companion was south african too so he, he was black so it was just me that was that was really hard to get used to and like the kids so so they call when they see like a white dude like ah marungu just means like white guy, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was that was like like the first day. It was just kind of like wonder. It was just like whoa, like I, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here either, you know. And then like after a while, it was like okay, I'm getting like kind of like self conscious because like there's like a lot of eyes like everywhere you go. But what is like a traditional Zimbabwe dish? Yeah, that you just love. Um, <laughs> that I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll do both. Goat we'll do both. or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Opposition all Dude, things. There's really not. Oh, so, so, someone from Zimbabwe is going to listen to this. Thing. Uh, yeah, I, but, I thought you were going to say there's really not anything good. <laughs> I like pizza. <laughs> yeah, I don't pizza. know. Bottled water. Yeah. <laughs> there's a McDonald's one way. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's um, um, so in all the African, at least the ones that I'm aware of, in all the African countries and all the African, like, and, and at least this is like Southern Africa, they have some rendition of something called sadza or, or pop they call it in south africa but it's it's uh where you take um uh grinded up corn and you boil it and it turns into this it looks like mashed potatoes which i thought it was at first it's definitely not um it's like it's like rubbery mm-hmm. you know and and you you it's like a filler so yeah. you oh you you know that? okay well, right. I, I think so cuz same thing on my mission yeah. it's manjoka i thought it was Mashed potatoes. Yeah, so I'm just like, bam, bam, throwing yep. it down. <laughs> it doesn't even have a taste. Nope. It's just like no there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it's just, yeah, it's the same thing. And you take it and you, it's a filler. So you take like a big old handful of it with like a little bit of greens, a little bit of chicken, and then you eat that. And it's. When you say hand, do they eat with their hands? Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They eat with their hands. Huh? How was that? Was that weird? It, yeah, it was at first. It was, it was really weird. Um, And it's, uh, it's funny and this would not fly, especially with, today with everything that's going on but it's like they pass around like a little bowl of water and you just kind of like dip your fingers in it you know and call it good to clean your hands oh, that's and, it. Then, <laughs> and, then you, and then you just go at it and you start eating yeah with your hands wow I, so yeah that was really weird i i, I totally forgot about that but yeah my was, kids would be really good to, <laughs> <laughs> they don't use forks so that was a traditional meal what was the worst experience you had eating food oh man okay there's a few of those because it's, it's a, it's a poor place, you know? And, um, one time they had boiled fish and I don't know if we've ever had boiled fish, but it sounds as probably as bad (laughs) as it is. Yeah. And it's, and, and like the way they do it in Zimbabwe too, it's, it's probably, again, like a lot of third world countries is you just boil the whole thing, you know, head, 
spins, scales, everything, and you just, you know, figure out how to eat it later. Thing, yeah. So, so, was, so they they had um, given us that, and it was that was hard to choke down. There was one time though that was worse than that. They, so they they do a lot of cabbage too, right? So they had um, one of their things is they fry they fry like shredded cabbage, right? Also. Probably the worst thing, I've, I've, it, worse than the fish was, I think was, was the fried cabbage and it gave us a big old plate of it. And I was on, um, splits at the time. So I was with one of the, um, one of the guys from the ward and, um, they gave it to us and I, and my gag reflex just like lit up. <laughs> like you're trying to choke this down. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't even put it in my mouth. I was like, like, it was, it was, I could like, they're like, what's the matter with this, this white kid? And I'm trying to like hide it. And they're like, you know, I was great family and everything obviously and and i was like so so she had left for a second and i was like dude do you want this do you want this and i kind of like shoveled it off onto his plate and he's like, oh yeah i'll eat it man. So, <laughs> so we ended up eating it but that, oh man it, it's it, i couldn't i couldn't get it in my mouth like i could like i put it close so what happened in mavuku um just it was a crazy time um <laughs> We, so what was what was hard about it was um, we had the three areas. Um, Tafara and Mambuku were really close together. Um, but Arcturus was this, I don't even know if you can call it a township. It was, it was really, really small. Um, and it was like up in the mountains. And um, they were there. The, the reason people live there is because there was a gold mine and they like. Did, Miners. Yeah, they, they mined. So, um, but we would so we'd go there about like maybe like once a week a couple times a month um and we would just because like our area was like so like our area was doing really really well and so it was like hard to like take time away from Mambuku and Tafara to go up to Arcturus um and so we would and the reason it was hard is because we'd have to walk about 30 minutes to this place where a taxi would pick us up or a truck doesn't like whatever so we'd hitchhike about half the time and they would take us up to Arcturus, which was about probably like a 30 minute drive about. And we get there and it's just like up in the mountains and we're. So that's two hours there and back and the area isn't doing as well. There's not as many people that are interested, at least to your knowledge, as there are. It just in wasn't a closer as, area. Yeah, just there wasn't just as many people, period. Okay. But, um, and we go up there and there was in like the little township, but then, or the little town, whatever you want to call it. And then um, we actually um, had to like, there was one family that was like interested and they literally lived like in the mountain and we had to climb this mountain like whenever we went there and it was like, I, like I, I have videos and pictures of it. And it was just like, it was like, I can't believe we're doing this. Like this feels like, like we're in the jungle and it look, it looks like the jungle. And it was just like, this is ridiculous. This, this is like the coolest thing, you know? And it was, and we get up there and they're like hardly literate and stuff. And they're like living in the jungle in the mountain. And it was, it's like, wow, this is really cool. You know, it was, and they, and they, obviously they were like the sweetest people, really cool. We eventually ended up baptizing them. Um, and, and our, and they had a branch there, so they didn't have like a, a chapel building and stuff. So we, we like constructed a, a, um, a font out of like metal and a tarp and stuff. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just, it was so crazy just being there and like, that's like the pioneer of missionary work. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah. And have buildings and stuff. Yeah. And it was like, and, th and that's, that, that was like, what was like so cool. So we were in Mavuku and we have like, we have like this big chapel and stuff and like all this stuff and it, it was doing really well. And then we go to our church and it was like completely different, you know, but it was like the same area and I did like the same responsibility and stuff, but it was just, it was wild going up there. 
been on your mission about a year and then something happened with your visa. Mm. Tell us about that. My mission president calls me and you don't get calls from the mission president ever. You know, it was yeah. Like, whenever you do your heart skips. Yeah. Even if they're a nice mission president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And like I, and, um, our mission president is over all of Zimbabwe and there's like hundred and something missionaries. And so for him to call you, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I've done something. What have I done? You know, it's so funny that that's like the that's first thing you're like, thing. Oh shoot. Yeah. Uh, crap. What did I do? <laughs> and that's what it was. Dude. I was like, I was like, great. I've done something and got around. Our, I, I don't know. Anyway. So, you know, in your mind starts going there and stuff. And he, you know, like, Hey, and we were like in the area and it was like six o'clock at night or something, you know, and we we're like walking down the road and, and he, He's like, hey, how's it going, Elder Buchanan? I'm like, it's it's good. How are you, how are you doing? Like, you know. And he's like, oh, we're good. We're good. Just singing. He was our, my mission president was like super mellow. So here here's what's going on. Uh, your your visa was denied, so you're gonna have to go home, pack up your stuff, and we're gonna get you out of the country. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, uh, like today and he's like yeah like go home right now and pack your things like you're leaving so so i went home and i started packing up all my stuff and i'm like dude i don't, I don't know and i was like in a i was in like a a, a home with the, or a our house with with three other missionaries you know when they were like what's going on i'm like dude i have no idea i don't know what's going on um uh, zone leaders came that night picked me up um we went to their area which was about halfway between my area and um, Harare, and then the next morning we went to Harare and got on a plane and flew us to Johannesburg. So you you, you changed missions? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you didn't go all the way home. No, no, no. I'm okay. Sorry, I didn't go all the way home. No. So what was the name of your new mission? Uh, the Johannesburg South Africa mission. What like in that? moment? That's crazy. And how long had you been out? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. You're fine. No, a year. So you had like legit two missions. Yep. <laughs> like a full on three. Or uh, two, like one and one, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. What what advice would you give? And we've talked about it before, but there's so many missionaries, especially now, that have have come home due to the coronavirus, been quarantined, and they're receiving new mission calls to a place that they didn't have their heart set on, or you know, it, it's new, it's surprising. Mm-hmm. Were you bitter at all in that moment, or like, what advice would you give them to kind of accept this new mission? I was excited, really. I was I was really excited about it. I was like, dude, this is. I mean, it also probably had the fact that I was in them area for like seven months but I was like, <laughs> not only am i getting transferred but i'm going to a different country yeah so but i, I don't know like and, and I, like at times i was kind of like why is this happening like why me you know like and like i was worried too that like like the south africa mission was going to be harder and I, i'd been like spoiled you know because like zimbabwe was like super like good people really easy going it was it was it was a good mission so i, so I was afraid about that um and i i had Kind of the same feelings when I, when I, so I was going to go to the South Africa MTC and then I was told right. the day before that I was going to Provo and that one hurt well, actually a lot more because um, I thought I wasn't going to go. I thought they were going to reassign me to somewhere else. And I oh, was, you were going to be like a visa waiter and then, uh, and, okay. And, I, and that, and that hurt me. Um, like, like I took it personally. <laughs> it's it like an 18 year old, but anyway, they, uh, um, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's not the Lord's not calling like just like robots, you know, and like telling them to go places. He's calling, he's calling you and and for your certain skills and abilities and way with people and, and all this stuff. And I think if you get reassigned, if you go somewhere, it's, it's all in the plan and it's, you know, and it, it might suck. Yeah. Like you might, you know, have your, like, like I said, like have your, have your heart set on one place and you got to go to another one. But 
I mean, it's not, it's not about you, you know, like it never was anyway. That's why you went to serve. Yeah. So I think that's, I think it's important to like understand if like something like that happens. For sure. It's like, you just got to roll with it. You know, you got to just like, okay, this is where we're going. So, you know, there's a plan. The Lord knows. And that's, this is what we're doing. So we've talked a lot about you and your experiences, but kind of let's, let's talk a little bit more about the people that you're able to teach. Tell us about, and I'm going to butcher his name because I don't know (laughs) how to pronounce it. Pronounce it it with your throat. (laughs) Matabo. Oh yeah. Okay. Did I say that right? Uh, really close. So everyone says Matabo, but, but the way you'd say is Matabo. Matabo. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, they, they, they put a lot of consonants together and you just kind of go with it, but (laughs) Uh, so, so Mtaba was, um, in my second area in Johannesburg and we, uh, their, their family was really, really cool. Like we, we knew them, um, there, they had, there were three sisters, the mom and a brother. We, we didn't ever see the brother that much, but, um, two of the sisters were members and they came to church and we were really like on good terms with them and they would give us people to teach and all that stuff. Like they, they were just really cool. The mom was not actually, she didn't, she didn't like the missionaries at all that much. Um, and I can't remember why, but she just kind of had a bad taste in her mouth about us. I think it was, I think it was probably previous missionaries, but, um, <laughs> and then, so, and then there was Mdabo and she had been taught with her sisters, but she was a little bit more, um, a little bit more cynical. I, I think, you know, she was, she was kind of like, mm, be more dowdy, like, yeah, like more, more, more dowdy, and like really wanted to like know what was right before doing anything, you know. So like, like when we first started going there, she didn't want like she it, we, we kind of went under the ruse that we were going to visit the sisters and like just you know help them or, or get like names from them and stuff, you know, and like we would try to like do service for their family and stuff. Um, and then eventually it kind of turned into we were teaching Montavo. Mm, teaching Tabo and she, and she had a little boy too. Um, and, uh, it was so, so I, and I brought her up cause she's, or put her in that questionnaire. Cause she was that, she was probably like the person that I think like I went to Johannesburg for like, she, like that, that was like my like great moment <laughs> of being a missionary, you cool. know, but we, uh, and, and it took a long time. It took about, I don't know, like three, four five months, something like that. I've just going there and, um, and helping them with stuff and teaching them little things at the time. And, and eventually that turned into her asking questions and then it was like, okay, go time, you know? And then, and then we had the discussions and even then it took a really long time, but, um, eventually she got, she, she agreed to be baptized and we, um, and we baptized her and, um, it was, like, I'll never forget this feeling. It was, it was, it was wild. We, so she's getting baptized and there, there was like, I think there was like three other people getting baptized that day. So like I baptized someone, our Bishop baptized in Tabo and then my companion baptized, um, someone else. And she was, well, so she's getting baptized and they're, you know, they go back and they're getting dried off and everything. And me and my companion are in this room in, in like the, the changing Bowl room locker, or whatever. Yeah. And we're just we had, like, both of us are just sitting down, like, Oh man, like that was it. I can go home now. I can, I can die. This, this is like, <laughs> this is what I came here for, you know, like that, that, this is it. And that's, I, that was like one of the most like profound, like feelings I had gotten on my mission, you know, like of like, 
of like really feeling like I was like doing something good. That's awesome. I think a lot of people chase that too. Yeah. Like, and you know, like I'm trying to think of all the missionaries that like have had so many experiences like that, but then don't realize it, you know? Yeah. And like, dang, like I never had that moment. It's like, bro, you had tons, but that's so cool. It's one thing to like sit down and put, I feel like sometimes as a missionary, you're so fast, right? I got to teach this person. I got to yeah. teach this person. I got to baptize this many people. I got to knock this many doors. But when you'd like have a success story like that and you sit down and you like, you know what? That was amazing. Like I just, that person has an understanding of the gospel. That person, you know, I brought them to that point. It's really rewarding. And, so. and she, yeah. And it felt really good for me, but like also just like thinking about her, like I know, she had a boy, she, you know, a little, I think he must've been about like two or three. Um, and just like thinking about them and like their family and stuff. I'm like, Oh man, that's going to like, that's going to like open doors and, you know, make their lives so much better. And they already had like a good foundation with their fan or with, uh, with her sisters and everything. And, and I think after we baptized him Tabo too, or I, I, it probably wasn't because of that, but like just from teaching him and being around and stuff, their mom, um, we never got to teach her mom, but, but she was a lot more like open to us, like being around and she was, like more like accepting. And I think I, I like, I hope that, you know, kind of helped their family as well, but. Oh, absolutely. It did. Other than Tabo, were there other miracles that you saw on your mission that you'd like to talk about? Um, yeah. There wasn't a lot of like, you know, this, oh, this dude couldn't walk and now he can kind of stuff. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't I don't think I ever had any of those, but, um, I know there was a lot of times like, um, try not to like bad mouth. <laughs> so in Zimbabwe, there's, there's, there's like a lot, a lot of drunk people. Right. And they get super handsy and super friendly. Like they're, they're harmless, but you know, they're just all over the place. And I remember on at least on two occasions, there's probably more, but there'd be, there'd be like a drunk guy outside and he'd be like, Hey, missionaries, come, you know, and they like want to talk and stuff. And you're like, Oh, Hey man, what's going on? You know? And you just kind of like bide your time with them and stuff. And then at the end you just kind of like, okay, here's a pamphlet. Man. And they're like, ah, oh, pray for me. Pray. And you're like, oh, okay, we'll pray for you, man. And it's like, I, I know none of this is getting through. Like you're so, mm -hmm. you know, you're just gone. But, um, I remember on two occasions we went into guy's house because he was so insistent we, we gave him we said okay i'll pray for you and he's like no i need a blessing and i was like hey all right i can give you a blessing then let's let's do it you know we went to his house and gave him a blessing um and he seemed like more lucid after that like he was like there you know like he was kind of like oh thank you you know i really needed that and everything and i was kind of like okay man like <laughs> you 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 got it no problem you know and, and just kind of like left and I, I like a week later like a couple weeks later or something, we're walking by and that guy was like, Hey, what's up? And he like, wasn't drunk, but you know, he's like, what's up? Hey, how's it going guys? Like, you know, you saved me and stuff. And we're like, hi oh, hey, man. Like, <laughs> That's cool. Cool. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, like, I, and like, I'd like to think that, you know, I'm sure there's a positive experience for now on when he sees missionaries, he'll know that they help him out. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, like, I'd like to think, I don't know. If, I don't know if anything got through, you know, but like I said, I'd like to think it would did. Yeah. So there was a lot of things like that, like little things where we'd go into people's house and bless them and stuff and see them like weeks later. And they were like, hey, and then, you know, they're fine. But. You know, it's interesting that like, regardless of how they feel about the gospel, I've found that when 
you are honest in serving, like they respect that. Yeah. Whether it's a month later and they say, Hey, you know what? I appreciate you coming and you saved me or whatever. Uh, well, to whatever degree that person recognized it, they did. You know what I'm saying? So I always, it was hard for me at the very beginning to, to have patience with these people, but yeah. it's like, <laughs> I gotta be a good example. Like I gotta listen to these people. I gotta give them the time of day because you know, two, three years later or whatever. Hey, you know, one morongo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Came in my house and gave me a blessing. You know what? I think I'm ready to hear what these guys have to say. You know, you never know. Did you ever get used to being the morongo or was it kind of a uncomfortable thing the whole time? Just that you were always being stared at. I, I was pretty uncomfortable the entire time. I, when, when, I, when, I got to, when I got to Johannesburg, it was different because there was like more of a, like a population of white people. So it wasn't yeah. like, you know, <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I ever got used to it in Zimbabwe. And I was going to say, regardless where you go, if you're a missionary wearing a white shirt and tie, you're going to be. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. That's, you pro- that's you probably true. got the extra stairs. Logic versus the spirit and making decisions. Oh, sure. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, so when I was leaving on, um, on my mission, like, kind of like I said, I was kind of like, I'm a little lackluster about it. Like I wasn't like, I'm going to go and be the best missionary, but um, it didn't make sense to me to leave. And again, I think if I didn't have like the friends and the family support that I did, like I probably wouldn't have gone. I probably just, it, I would have just waited. And then eventually I would have just not gone, you know, like just like that. But um, I think if you're, if you have, if you don't have like the support that you want or that you need to go and you start, thinking to yourself like, Oh, it's not, you know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for you, for someone who's just out of high school, like life is just starting. There's like, there's some kind of excitement and I don't know what you call that. It's kind of some kind of spirit about being, hey, you're going to spread your wings and yeah. you're gonna be on your own for a bit. Yeah. And there's nothing like that. There's not another time in your life that you're like, like fresh, brand new. You're going to like, you, you're going to go conquer the world. Like that's, that's the time, you know, you turn 18, you're not, you're not a kid anymore. You, you know, from all this time you've been kid and now you can go, you're going to go to college. You're going to move out. You're going to get a job. You're going to go do these things. You're going to, you, there's like all these decisions that happen within like a, or that can happen within like a, like a five year period, you know, college married. This will change graduate. the rest of your life forever. Yeah. So yeah. it makes no sense to go on a mission. It just doesn't, you know? And, um, so for someone to, it makes no logical sense, I should say. Um, so for someone to like do that, to like understand that it doesn't make sense, but God is still calling you to do it, you know, is, is like, that's like, that was, I think that was key, um, for me as well. And like, I, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to, to like believe that that was him calling you to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, it just. I don't know. It, I, I get caught up on that a lot, I guess, just with, again, with like logic versus spirit and logic versus, you know, and, and it's yeah. not about logic. It's at some point it's about the spirit. And like, whenever we were talking oh, to our. Absolutely. You know, what's funny is that yeah. now that I'm talking to you, I, what I'll do is I'll post these episodes in the mission page of wherever the person served sure. or hopefully you can do it or whoever served it, you know, is posting. Anyways, it's really cool because now that I'm part of all these Facebook groups, I'll see a lot of converts post little things and it's always like the, the main page and the main post. Sure. And it'll be something simple like the Book of Mormon is true and it's someone from Africa. It's always someone from like Africa yeah. or South America. It's 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 beautiful to see these testimonies. And 
this kind of a tangent. I'll get back to it. Someone put the Book of Mormon is true. And then someone else in the comments, I don't know why I read this, but some of the comments is like the Book of Mormon is true. And it took place in Missouri and the Mississippi river is the riverside. And, and they're like going down this path of religious theory. And it's like, if you believe that that's cool, I don't care, but don't ever tell someone that that's true. Because like Jared, what you're saying is there's, there comes a point where logically you can't base everything you do in life, especially in the gospel on logic. At some point, Heavenly Father's going to put you in a position where you got, you have to just believe him. You just have to have faith. If, if you just knew everything, there'd be no, no reason for faith. Yeah. So it's tough, especially going back to you going before the mission, especially in, in Mesa or in parts of, of Utah or Idaho, where there's so much. LDS culture and expectation that you're 18 or 19, you're, yeah. you're male, you, you will be serving go. a mission. And there's not like, I don't know, maybe much patience or understanding for the person that's trying to figure it out. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm really, the crazy thing is I've known you since second grade. I didn't know that you went through that, but I know that's a very common for you to just go to a, a different country across the world that took 20 plus hours to get to that's a ton of faith that's so hard to do it was what <laughs> <laughs> it's like you say you know it's like none of this makes sense so at some point you just like dude i'm here i'm gonna do it you know um i was just gonna go i'm just gonna do it we're just gonna go we're gonna go across the water we're gonna we're gonna go do this mission thing and that's that's what's going on god called me and i'm i'm gonna do it yeah, so let's let's talk about that. That you you went out with this faith. When did your faith become a testimony on your mission? Oh, it was gradual. Um, I don't have a. There wasn't a moment where you're like, "This is it." I when I first got out there, um, that first night, <laughs> it was a rough night. I was like, it was just like, dude, I mm, I can't do this. What what do I have left? I just I I know like I, it, it was super day to day. So like, so like every day I'd have this like conversation with myself and then like, you know, it's like every day it's like, you know, I, you yeah. talk yourself out of quitting every day for a while Not for a while. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> I think the first two, three months of your mission are like that. Yeah. And I love, I love, and I cringe that you said that you were counting. You should never count the days oh, no. or the months. And it, I learned that later rough. on, but <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Don't it, it goes so much. Yeah. If you, if you want time to slow down, count every single day, mm -hmm. every hour. And they, and and again, I'm like, I'm, I like, I like numbers and I like things like that. So it was like, it was like, oh, I got uh, this many day, you know, it's just bad, bad thing to do. Yeah. Not, not just because it like it's distracting or anything, which it probably is too, but just, yeah, man, it plays, it plays tricks on your, on your mind, on your heart. Um, the other thing that you, you wrote down advice that you wanted to give to missionaries was you choose how you change as a person. Yeah. What, what are you talking about there? So when it was, when I, I, I don't want to say decided when, when it was apparent that I was going to be serving a mission, when I, when I, like my papers were and all that stuff, you know, it was like, okay, we're doing this. Um, I started taking a lot more notice of like the, 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 the missionaries and the return missionaries in my ward. And, um, I was like noticing that they look like, like dead inside. And I know that that's now it's become, it's, it's from coming home from the mission and like, it's, it's, you know, it's a little, it's a tough transition. It's a tough transition. But to me, like going on to serve a mission, I was like, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to come home and be this guy that like, you know, like wears a suit and tie every day to like, 
go eat breakfast and then I get it, you know, like I, like I drive down the road, I'm blasting Motab and I'm just like this shell of a person. Like, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to change. I like who I am. I'm not going to change, you know? And so I had this like, like defiance about it, you know? Yeah. And like in my infinite wisdom <laughs> and I was just like, ah, I'm not going to change me. I'm not going to do anything, you know? <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just how I, I guess I was as a kid, but, um, and I went into the mission like that. And I, and that's what I thought, you know, and I, and I was like, I was like, you guys are not going to change me. You're not going to, you know, I, I carried that for a while and it was, it got a little bit exhausting, um, having that attitude about it, you know, instead of just like being in the moment and being present, I got to worry about like, what's like changing my personality or changing like the way I do things or whatever, you know? Um, and I came to a real, one, one day, I don't know. I just came to a realization. I, I think I was writing it out in my journal is what it must've been. And I realized that these experiences that you're going through, this, this whole thing, each, every little micro experience that you have, you know, like walking down the road or saying hi to someone or interacting with someone and, and just the mission as a whole, it's, it's just like, it's an experience. And yeah, you're right. You can choose not to change. You can go through the whole thing and choose not to change at all. Come out the exact same person. And people do. Some people do, you know, in all kinds of experience, not just like mission, but in all kinds of things. Um, but, and, um, I kind of had to, I, I reworked things in my head and I was like, okay, in these experiences that I have, I'm going to choose to change how I want to change. Right. And, and that kind of went on for a few months and I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be more this or be more this, you know, and like I meet someone and be like, okay, what can I learn from this or what, you know, things like that. And then eventually I got to a, a point where it was like, okay, what does, God want me to learn from this as a person, not just as like some nameless, faceless missionary. What does God want Jared Buchanan to learn from this experience? And like, how does he want me to go about my life from here on out? And like, guaranteed every time it was like a good thing, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you got to just listen to Motab now <laughs> or something, you know, like, it's like, this ridiculous. Like, that's not, that's not what it yeah. is. And yeah, take, take, you know, taking the good and, and let the bad go by. And, yeah. and I think what you're saying it's huge. Maybe that you didn't want to change. You didn't want to lose your personality or your individuality. Yeah. You know, you have talents, you have gifts. Don't let that go. Yeah. But add to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, and they, and they, a big thing I'm an army. I'm sure it is in every mission is like, don't get distracted. Don't, don't think about home. Don't do this. Don't, you know, don't. Uh, and, and I think, and that helps with focus and things, but I think sometimes people take it a little too far and they think that you can only think about, the gospel. You yes. can only think about these things. Yes. And again, it's just not true. And that's, that's what I like to quote unquote Mormon culture, which yeah. I'm saying is, is not true, but it's just how people do things. And they, yep. it becomes generally accepted. Like you can only listen to the tabernacle choir yep. and you can only do this or that. And it's like, that's it's not it's, written in the scriptures. Like calm doctrine. down. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Anxiously engaged in a good cause and do many things of your own free will. That's what the scriptures say. Oh, I did not know that. That's a good one. Yeah, DNC <laughs> 58. I mean, like I probably, I, the little, the last part, I actually put an emphasis on. Um, I've got one more question. Yeah. How did your relationship with the Savior change during your service? Oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of, might be a little hard to explain, but um, oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> probably is for everyone um i so i keep going back to like pre-mission pre-mission jared and i didn't want to change i was kind of 
didn't have a lot of faith, but just was kind of going with the flow. It was just, I was, I was, that's what I was doing. I was rolling with the punch. I was just going with the flow on things and I was just kind of being taken along. And that's, I mean, as a kid, that's what happens. That's, that's how you develop a testimony, right? You just kind of like, you go to church because your parents make you go to church and you're there and you, you have fun and you meet people and, you know, but like, again, at 18, there's this excitement. There's like this, you know, like this moment of decision, moment what are you of decision do? and like, what are you doing? Like, you know, and, and, um, and of clarity, uh, not, I guess not clarity, but like, of like, now you're on your own. Like you got to separate. Right. And I hadn't made that separation yet. I was still like kind of banking on like things I had been taught by my parents, you know, and, um, which is fine again, which is really good. Um, but I get out on the mission and, um, um, and I real and like, I start having questions <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know the answer to these questions. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, why, like, like, why do we have to do this? You know? And, and, um, and I think for, and, and this is all happening all at once, you know, like my, my testimony and like talking myself out of going home, all, all these things are all happening at once. It, a lot of like my development as a person happened, like those first like few months out there. And I was, you know, there's like so much going on, but, um, I was having all these questions. I didn't know how to answer them. And I felt like my testimony, it didn't, I don't want to say it got rocked, but it almost got like, it was like, it was like clean slate. We're going to start over. Right. What do you know about faith? Nothing. <laughs> you believe. Oh, you plant a seed, it grows. The sun comes out. Yeah. It's like, you know, like <laughs> primary answers. There right? you go. <laughs> and you're like, okay, but like, what is it? Like, that's, that's not good enough. Like, you know, like, what does that even mean? Right. Like, and you, and you start reading and you start studying and it wasn't like I, it wasn't like I, it wasn't like I didn't believe, but it was like, okay, I believe, but like, why, you know, like what, like what is like the knowledge that I'm missing? Cause like I'm missing a lot of knowledge. Cause I just know, I know like buzzwords, you know, faith and charity and love and. Oh, buzz. When you teach yeah. primary Jesus. Yeah. Jesus be nice. Christ. Be like, nice. Okay. Read your scriptures, go to church, say your prayer, you know? And yeah. it's just like, I, and like all those things, like just, like all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, I know nothing. I know nothing about anything. And so it was like, it was like, okay. And then, and, I, and I'm sure again, uh, prophets are inspired and the people who make the, the training material are inspired and, you know, they have you study for an hour every day. Is that what it was? In the, it's in the personal study yeah, and the companionship study another hour. And yeah. if it's a language, another hour, another hour. So it's three hours of, I mean, potentially three hours. So, t but two hours of scripture study every day. And it's like in the morning, that's the first thing you do when you wake up. Right. And so it's, that was like instrumental for me. And I, w I was like, I was at first, I was like just reading stuff like I wanted to read, you know, and I got super interested in stories. And then it was like, well, what about like, like topics, like, again, like the easiest one is like faith, you know, and like the whole, you know, Alma 34 is like such like a go-to for, for faith, you know, but like, and, and I forget which verse it, I'm really, really bad at like verses and like reciting things, but uh -huh. I'm really good at remembering like the ideas of stuff. And I just remember that there's like a whole be like, like chap, like the, the whole chapter, the chapter is the discourse on faith. Yeah. Yeah. To the Zormites. Yeah. And it's like the whole, but like the whole like first half of that is like so much cooler than, than just like the buzzword thing that they throw out there, you know? And like, it talks about like, it talks about like, like the experiment and doing all these, you know? And it's like, it's like, that's, that's like, a, that's, that's not just like, Oh, say your prayers and Lord was, that's like an actual thing you can do today. You know, like you can go and, and have an experiment and say, okay, 
I don't have faith or I have little faith. And, but, but I want to know, you know, like I do have a desire to know. And they say, that's all you need, right? To have an experiment. And you're like, okay, that's, that's like a, like, like a step-by-step thing you can do. And I think that's like, and that was like one thing I, I didn't know that before. Like, I was like, oh, oh my, like, this is gold, <laughs> you know, like this is, I, I when we taught this in like seminar institute, you know, anyway. So just, that was really cool. And, and I've, I, I came across a few of those that were just really like spoke to me, you know, and I'm sure people know that those have been there for years and stuff. And it's just, and, and again, I can only speak for like what I knew and like what I saw and things. Yeah. And, and that just, and that changed my, um, changed my, my whole, I guess my life, my, just my whole like outlook on things, you know? And so I think to, so to answer your initial question is like, how did my relationship with God change? I think it was like, just like wiped. It was, it was wiped clean of whatever shoddy structure was there before. And it was like built correctly from the ground up, you know? And I started to have like an actual relationship with God, not just like, uh, dear Heavenly Father, please bless. Have a good day. Amen. You know, like it was like, like a real, like I felt like, you know, like it was like the first time, like I could feel like he's there. You know what I mean? Like, like someone's like actually listening, not just like hearing. It, it goes from like going through the drive through and like, all right, let me put in this order real quick. What everything I need? All right, thanks. And that's like, yeah. well, I'm having a conversation and he's going to speak to me through the scriptures and through experiences that I have. And we'll pray and talk about it later on. Totally. Yeah. We're wrapping up, Jared. Is there, would you mind sharing your testimony? Yeah, sure. I can't share it in English. <laughs> I don't know enough Shona anymore. No. Um, I, I like to say that I believe in the church. Um, I believe all the things that, you know, our prophets teach and the, their, um, the different changes that they make in, in, uh, not in doctrine, but in, in, in the different practices. Um, and I like to say, I believe it because I am still working on myself, you know, and I don't know, I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know God's there, but I have enough faith and I, you know, I have enough, um, desire to to hear him and to uh to believe that his hand is working in my life and the lives of people around me and and that you know that i i I feel him and i believe him that he's there and um but i think we're all just still figuring it out you know and that's okay and you know and for the longest time i did it felt like it wasn't okay to be like working on yourself, you know, I felt like you had to have everything figured out. And I know and it's not true. I know that's not true. Um, and he's there for all of us. And he's there in our, in our, in our tiniest struggles, um, in our biggest ones as well. Um, and I, I, I believe I'm a believer. I believe the book of Mormon. You know, I've, I've done my study. I've done my own research. Um, and that's the only thing that can actually give you a testimony of it. You know, again, you there's a few things you can gleam off your parents and off your friends and the people, leaders, people around you and everything. But if you want to, if you really want to believe, if you want to have a testimony of your own, like you got, you got to put in your own work and you got to read and you got to do your study. You got to do the prayer. You got to do the things they tell you to do, you know, the primary answers, but, <laughs> but for you. Yeah. Um, and, um, that's it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jared, thanks again for, for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. It's been exciting. There's just, just thinking of the podcast, like just wrapping up, there's, there's so much bad news and bad information and like just depressing stories that are out there that are, that are true. But these stories are true too. 
and that we're trying to push them. So if this podcast has been helpful to you in any way, or if you're going on a mission or know someone that's been called to, to Africa, you know, please share and uh, like and subscribe so we can get rated higher so more people can have the opportunity to hear these episodes. But until then, we'll post this on Sunday. Thanks. Absolutely.